Welcome into Box Office Quarterbacks. It's just me today, Jeffrey Gordon. Um, this is going to be our first mini review that me and Ryan have been talking about doing uh, for our show, just because, you know, there's four guys with us and it's hard to get everybody in four different time zones together to watch a movie sometimes. So that's what I'm doing today for Ghostbusters Afterlife. Uh, one of my favorite movies of the year now, and I'm, I'm a huge Ghostbusters fan. Uh, a little bit of a backstory on me. I used to rent those movies from Blockbuster all the time when I was little. I had a Ghostbusters t-shirt that I used to uh, sleep in at night. Um, I had the Proton Pack. I had Slimer action figures. I love this franchise a lot. So when I heard that Jason Reitman, the uh, son of Ivan Reitman, the director of the original Ghostbusters, was doing this movie, I was instantly hyped about it. Uh, the trailers look great. Everything about it was right up my alley. And um, having seen that movie on opening night, I can uh, tell you that it definitely did live up to expectations. Um, it is a well-made movie. The cinematography is great. The special effects are just some of the best I've ever seen in a movie. Uh, it, especially when it comes to uh, bringing back a um, past character, let's just say that. Uh, I won't get into too many spoilers here, just because our time's going to be a little bit brief. But the the thing that really stands out to me about this movie is is the young cast, especially uh, McKenna Grace, who is our lead of the movie and who has a uh, connection to a previous Ghostbuster. And you know what? Let's just get into spoilers because it's only me here. So I'm going to give you a warning five seconds from now. Five, four, three, two, one. She is the granddaughter of Egon Spangler, uh, played by the late Harold Ramis. And how she discovers her family lineage by moving to a small town in Oklahoma to you know, having her grandfather's ghost kind of guide her along to take up the mantle of a Ghostbuster was just a very sweet part of this movie, I would say. Uh, the rest of the cast is great as well. You have uh, Finn Wolfhard, um, who everyone knows from Stranger Things and It. Uh, he's pretty much a, a veteran when it comes to franchises like this now. And he's great in here as well as the, as the older brother. Uh, the, the, the mom played by Carrie Coon, also great, uh, pretty hilarious scenes with her in there. And especially Paul Rudd, Paul Rudd is born to, uh, be in the Ghostbusters movie. I would say like if I had to reboot, a, a, a Ghostbusters film again, all of 2016, he'd probably be the first person I cast, but here he's kind of playing the, uh, hair, who am I talking about? The gatekeeper role played by Rick Moranis in the original Ghostbusters. So he was perfect for that. Uh, he was also a pretty good mentor to the kids. Uh, the rest of the young cast, when you fill them out, um, you have Finn, Finn Wolfhard's uh, love interest, who I thought was pretty good in this movie. But the kid I thought that stood out the most 
His name was Podcast. And he does does his own podcast, and you guys are listening to a podcast. So uh, that's pretty crazy as well. But that kid was hilarious. Uh, he was sort of the uh, Dan Aykroyd fill-in for this movie. And then you see Dan Aykroyd and this kid together at the end of the movie. Spoiler alert, we're in full spoilers. But um, that, that was really nice to see as well. Uh, the, the story is pretty good. So Egon Spangler, um, you know, moves to the small town in Oklahoma and no one knows why, uh, you, you come to find out that, uh, the portal into another dimension is right under the town of Somerville, uh, where Gozer, Gozer from the first Ghostbusters movie is kind of laying dormant. So he moves to the small town in Oklahoma. He lives on this creepy farm and he's been operating for decades, just trying to keep humanity safe. You do get to see uh, his, his death scene in, in the opening moments of this movie. And I thought that was very well done. Like I said earlier, Harold Ramis passed away six or seven years ago now. And the way they digitally created him was amazing. It looks like him on screen and it's, there's no one uncanny Valley, any weirdness going on there. It definitely looks like this actor was brought back to life. It's just some of the best CGI I've ever seen in a movie. Um, now, as far as the actual story goes, you know, you don't really get to see ghosts in this movie for a good chunk of it. They kind of leave that a mystery. But when those ghosts are unleashed on a small town in Oklahoma, uh, there's some pretty fun scenes in there, especially at a Walmart with Paul Rudd. And instead of one big uh, stay puffed marshmallow man, it's like hundreds of tiny little ones. And they're all very sadistic in their own way. You know, they're uh, making themselves into s'mores, burning themselves, putting themselves in blenders. Uh, it's pretty, pretty crazy and funny to see at the same time. But this movie, it, I'm not going to say it surprised me, but it was definitely better than I would have hoped for. Let's just put it that way. Because the critics who we know are wrong half the time. We're definitely wrong about this one. You know, they, they said that they put too much fan service into a movie. I don't know if you can put too much fan service into a movie. Just give us what we want and we'll be happy. I think the overall consensus of what I've seen on Twitter and other places like that has been overwhelmingly positive for the fans. You, you know, you get the original three Ghostbusters back in this movie, uh, the Bill Murray, Ernie Hudson, and Dan Aykroyd. And it took years and years and years, a little bit of backstory to get them even on board for a Ghostbusters film. You know, I think all three of them were in the 2016 version, but playing different versions of different characters. So to have them back in that role was great to see. You also have two very interesting post-credit scenes because everything gets a post-credit scene these days. The first one is uh, Dr. Peter Venkman and uh, Dana Barrett um, in their apartment um, playing 
you, you know, the game that uh, Venkman played with his college students in the first Ghostbusters movie where he was pretending he was a psychic and all that. So that was a pretty fun callback. Uh, it was kind of alluded to that they're married now, but I'm not entirely sure. Uh, the second ghost, the second Ghostbusters post credit scene uh, was a little more interesting because it sets up future sequels. Uh, you have Ernie Hudson, who Zedmore has become a multi-million dollar investor. They're kind of vague on what exactly he does. Uh, meeting with uh, the secretary from the original movies, talking about his plans for the future and what those might be. He said that you, you know his time in Somerville has uh, relit that spark for fighting ghosts, and he buys the original. Uh, fire station in New York. He brings back the Ecto-1 to New York, and then it seems like he's getting a new team together, maybe, uh, to tease to future movies. I don't know if it'll involve the kids from this movie. I'm guessing it probably will. But uh, the way I took it is this is not the end of the Ghostbusters franchise whatsoever, and I'm pretty excited about that. I'm I'm hoping this film is a box office smash because you know, my, my, my theater was pretty packed. Uh, there were kids in there that were watching ghostbusters and that was, uh, like pretty exciting for me to see, to see a younger generation picking up this franchise that I loved as a kid. So that was pretty cool to see. So I'm hoping we get more ghostbusters movies in the future. Now, as far as, like a final score or anything like that goes. That's what we usually do on this show. So if it was up to me, I would give Ghostbusters Afterlife a all-star. It was that good of a movie for me. The nostalgia factor was just very, very strong. Uh, I'm probably going to watch it again, to be honest with you. It's just very, very impressive all the way across the board. Uh, Bottom line... Don't listen to the critics. They have been wrong about a lot of the movies we've been doing recently. So I really wanted to hop on and just give, you know, my brief overview of what I thought about this movie. Uh, it's, it's a must-see in my opinion. Uh, so we're going to continue to do um, some mini episodes like this on movies, you know, that we can't get everyone in the same room for. But the full team is going to be back next week with a uh, another Real and Shock Talk about the NFL season. We also have some fun guests planned, and uh, everything's leading to Spider-Man No Way Home at this point, right? So, uh, you know, look forward to uh, all the stuff we have coming in the future. You can also catch up with us anytime on social media. But until then... I'm Jeffrey Gordon with Box Office Quarterbacks. We'll see you again very, very soon. Have a great weekend.